Okay, so should we record the intro now? <laughs> yeah, you don't need to do that. Okay, so we don't need to. I guess you, know, you don't want to do welcome to episode 30 or anything. Nah. nah. Okay, just Well, start. if you want to, go ahead. I don't go. care. It's up to you. Go for it. Do it! Okay, do it for free! Welcome to the Arcaspeak Podcast. I'm Evan Troxel. Each episode, Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and I have a casual conversation about all things architecture, and we invite you to listen in as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the blocks of Corbusier's City of Tomorrow more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we stand around the water cooler and talk about why we love our chosen profession. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 30 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. All right, so I got something for you guys. Uh, all right, let me give you a little background. Um, client it works for a builder. And a builder developer for of residential housing, so they kind of take advantage of their architects. Uh, I think a little bit. They certainly treat them, you know, a, as just a necessary evil, um, and no more better than a contractor. So I'll preface all of this with that. At least that's my opinion of developers I've worked with. Not all of them, but some. Anyway. Um, I was recommended for a project and it was, uh, um, a little pool house. And anyway, the, the project was originally just, we need a design for this pool house, an existing one had some water damage and, uh, the, and so I said, okay, fine, I'll do a little contract and it, I'll, I'll design something for you, you know, uh, in, you know, an internal design. So picked out some furniture, did a layout, um, said in the contract, I'd make a, a ch- one, one round of changes based on comments. So, um, got started, did the work. They made about three different rounds of small changes, but still, you know, it's an hour here, an hour there, hour there. So, um, finished it last November or around late, late November, early December, Christmas time came along, invoiced the guy for November, never got anything. Finally, after the holidays, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, busy during the holidays after the holidays, first part of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Oh, by the way, I need, need a couple other changes made uh, a couple of notes added to it. Um, Oh, I'm going to submit this to the County for planning approval. Okay. Um, so he, this is the developer? This is the developer. Yeah. This is for uh, his own house, not for oh, the developer okay. itself. Sorry. Um, it. for his own personal thing. Okay. So, um, anyway, so the contract was just to do a design, had a, just a very minimal design fee to it, an existing structure. So I didn't put any dimensions on it except for maybe where we're adding a, a, you know, new, new stuff, right? Like a new wall and a new closet area or some new cabinetry. That's it. I didn't put any, uh, and I didn't dimension the outside of the building because it's not changing. Right. So he submits this to the, the county building department or planning department. And, uh, they've sat on it for like a month and a half or something. Wow. So in the meantime, in negotiating the contract, he had originally had scratched out the terms of my contract uh, that said that, you know, you need to pay me within 14 days. Otherwise, you know, there's uh, additional. He just scratched fee. it out. He didn't make a change. Uh, he scratched it out and said, no, this needs to be 30 days. Okay. And then I negotiated that back in basically using the argument that I am not a large firm. I'm a one man shop. And I can't afford to float you money for 30 days. 
Yeah. And we're talking only a three-figure fee here. Okay. <laughs> we're not even talking a four-figure fee. Um, and so he agreed to that. So when I finished the drawings to the point where, okay, he, he had no other comments, didn't want any other changes, which, by the way, were not in part of the contract. He went way beyond it. But I was like, okay, I'll just get it done. All right. It's no big deal. Yeah. Um, I invoiced him. 30 days later, I'm like, where's my fee? Oh, oh, I must have missed that. I, oh, yeah, well, I'll make sure you get paid. He sends me an email saying, oh, yep, see, I've authorized the payment for another 10 days later uh-huh. that I would then, then see the payment come in the mail. You know, because he sends me his, uh, his bank accounts, uh, like uh, auto email thing that says when it's going to get paid another 10 days later. Mm-hmm. So I finally am paid. Contract, as far as I'm concerned, is complete. Now, he did talk about, hey, when it's time, and I told them, when it's time for construction drawings, we'll do an actual contract to do that work. Mm-hmm. So I guess he got planning comments today, sends me a message with the uh, planner's email below saying something to the effect of basically, hey, um, Here's the planner's comments. He wants you to add all these dimensions and some other notes and some other additional information. And uh, please get that done and resubmit it to me. Yeah. And as I pick up my jaw off the floor, I'm like, what? Resubmit what to you for why? And I'm supposed to get paid for what? Well, for nothing, right? For nothing. What you need to do is... Take your original contract, send it to him with a nice little email that basically reminds him the terms of the contract and the terms that this was not a permit set. This wasn't anything to be submitted for review to the comp, you know, to the county or whoever. It was a design set only. Oh, and, and when you say set, and you're being overly generous, Cormac, well, because <laughs> I submitted to him one eleven by 17 because the building's fairly small, um, you know, that just had like, here's a new floor plan for this existing building. Oh, that was it. That's what I had originally submitted, right? Then he came back to me and says, oh, I, I need the original floor plan as well. So I had to like recreate well i actually had already created that because i created an existing one first and then modified it so i had the drawing so i had to create a new sheet essentially so it's like two sheets one's existing one's with the new and uh anyway so i'm 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 asking you guys i mean it seems pretty clear cut to me that this is outside my scope I wouldn't even remind him of what you've already done. It's it's uh, obvious. I would just send him a new contract. Ah, oh, that's say, good... Here's what I would here here's yeah, what it, it'll take to go forward. Yeah. Say say uh-huh. per, well, you you could you could at least be kind and say, you know, per conditions of last comment of of last contract um you know, I'm I'm sending you this uh proposal for this fee proposal for um you know, construction documentation and permit, um, I guess, permit review or whatever, you right. know, something like something to that effect, just, you know, reminding him that you already have, I mean, at least letting him know that, look, you know, this was not in my scope and we've already completed that scope. Now, this is something completely different yeah. because these were never intended to be submitted for permit. And if you'd like to start that contract, there'll be this much, you know, deposit or whatever you want to call it and well i'll be happy to get started on that so let me let me ask you this because you know here here's where people especially with developers tend to um and i i am a perfect example i i do this to myself when you know i was solo um is this a guy that you have done work with in the past and are going to be working with again um well, um, no, never met, uh, never worked with them before. He, they do, their firm does do work with other firms that I know the people that work there. That's how I got recommended. 
um, because this was for his own personal. So, you know, they're, they're not going to touch that sort of small stuff. So this, so this was just a little, a one-off, you know, Hey, Neil, will help this guy move around a couple of walls. Yeah. And, but, but here's the, here's the trick. These, I see this with a lot of clients too, uh, especially those that tend to get phishing or, or that, that are seem to be phishing, you know, for information, uh, mm-hmm. for, for free, essentially. Um, they always dangle the carrot out there for you. So like the first time I meet them, what do they start talking to me about? Oh, we don't like our house. We got issues with the house. You know, we really want to remodel and add on and do this and do that with our house. Oh, you can help us do that too. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that's something we want to do. We'll have to do that after we do this project. So, you know, they, they dangle the carrot out there in front of you like, oh, well, if they're happy with what I do on this little pool house that they're essentially getting and have already gotten any services I've done for free, right? I mean, they've, they've paid me some money, but essentially what they no, paid me is okay. peanuts, right? But yet they still have talked to me about, oh, well, there's a bigger project here potentially, and, yeah. you know, you see this, I saw this all the time with the developers I used to work for, where they're always talking about, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to, you know, there's another project. They're, they're always doing projects, right? And so, you know, you always want to try and do the best job you can and make them the happiest person in the world. And even for repeat clients, you know, I mean, um, you still want to make them happy because they, you want them to come back to you. But the funny thing about working in the home building industry is that, you know, architects, and I'm sure this happens to you guys in the school, working with schools, districts as well, but your firm builds a reputation. And whether or not it's justified or not, you know, if you work for a, a firm that kind of does down and dirty work and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's efficient, but it's maybe not high design. So you get labeled that way. And it's like, oh, well, we got this new project that, you know, is in a more desirable area. We need better design. So we're not even going to call these guys because we know they can't do it. And sometimes maybe that's true, but maybe it's not, but you don't even get a chance, right? Yeah. Or, or what? Or if you, you know, if they do come to you, they're going to expect you to give them a down and dirty fee that, you know, isn't commensurate to the amount of work and the amount of design and all that other stuff that you put into it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of goes, you know, both ways. I mean, if you're a real high end firm, then you only get the calls to do the real high end projects, which I suppose is good because you have this reputation of you're expensive. But I've also sat on the other side of those tables because I've worked for developers as well. And, and I've seen, I've sat back in these owners meetings, right? And one of the developers I worked for was a private company. And so, like, literally the three guys that owned the business were sitting in the room. And I've seen the way they talk about architects. And it's not pleasant. And I've yeah, worked no. I've worked for a public company as well. And the way they talk to – in fact, this is, this is kind of interesting. That one of the public companies I used to work for, the uh, director of construction – um, he wanted to basically back charge the architect for an error on the drawings that got repeated over and over and over by, I don't know, one of the trades, uh, plumber, electrical, I forget exactly. Um, and it wasn't even necessarily an error, uh, or maybe, maybe it was. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he literally wanted to back charge the architect tens of thousands of dollars and and they called the architect in and the architect's like um how do you justify trying to bill me for every house that you did this in when you only paid me to design three houses you know the the plumber or let's just say it was a plumber plumber comes in he bills you for every house he does plumbing in right so if there's 50 or 100 houses in this project he bills you for every single one of them he makes a mistake he has to go fix a hundred houses. He, or you get back charged for a hundred different times, right? But it's like the architect gets paid once, and and it's like you can't expect me to pay for every single mistake for every single house. It yeah. just it just 
if if you want to if if I can adjust you know the architect's argument was like if I could make my fee for every single house you backcharge me all you want because fee is going to be fifty times bigger yeah. right or maybe not that much but it's going to be some order of magnitude larger and it just like it blows me away how the building industry and I say that as in the home building industry you know, thinks about how, how architecture is done and how it's, and how, and how we're treated. And so what I, I, you know, I'm coming to this with some baggage, right? I mean, I, I've, I've seen it from both sides of the table. I've seen the way architects are treated. And now I, I, this guy works for a developer and I see the way he's treating me. He's treating me just like one of his big, architecture firms that he deals with and he tr- treats them like hell yeah and well, it's I like a, oh i don't oh i gotta pay you i have a question for you what you how did you get recommended for this job um i got or recommended why why, would, why did you get recommended um because the the client um was looking for you know some work on his own place and asked one of the bigger firms, architectural firms that he they the the developer works or employs to do the, some of their architecture, um, you know if they could do it. And of course they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. That's not what we do. Um, and so they said, you know, so they said, well, we know some people um, that you know are on their own that are that are good people, good architects um, that they know. Uh, and so, you know, they gave him my name and so yeah. he called me and I met him and, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I can do this for you. You know, I can give you a design on this, you know, this little. Okay. But building. the real, the reason was that you have some kind of reputation, right? Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so now you get to decide what your reputation continues to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, well, and that's what I'm that's, struggling with, right? Well, well, yeah, no, see, I don't, I, yeah, I don't see it as a struggle, right? Because you get to decide your reputation. They don't, right? So you get to decide how you're going to handle this, and you are going to decide, I'm hoping, um, that you're going to charge more money to move on to the next phase, or they're going to pick somebody else to continue the work. Right. And the beautiful thing about a reputation is that you get to decide basically every single day what your reputation is going to be. And I think... um, you you have some baggage. You're coming at this like you're reacting to it, but really you get to be proactive about how you're going to handle this. Like you're in control, right? You they can't make you do the work, and if they if they want to work with you enough because you've done such a great job already, then they can continue that or not. But I think a lot of architects kind of look at this and say, you know, um, how am I going to keep this crappy relationship going? Right. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's going to be a good relationship. But but a lot of times it's a crappy relationship. And like you're saying, there's a reason that these guys are talking the way they do about architects in these in these conversations. And and it's because they do treat people like crap. And so you can decide I'm not going to be treated like crap mm-hmm. anymore or ever, you know. Um, but I, I guess you get to decide. And I, I think that we're in a bigger position of power than well, than that. you know, Evan, you're. You've got a point. Um, let me give you another example. Um, over the last uh, month or so, I've been going back and forth with a local college. And um, I came recommended to them um, as somebody that could come in and do some a small project for them that they didn't want to go through DSA for. And DSA, for those that don't know, is the California Department of State Architect that all school projects um, have to go through to get approval. Public school. Yeah. Public schools. Yes. Sorry. Public schools. Thank you. You you would know this a whole lot better than I do. So um, what I did was um, a firm that I know some people at do this type of work. So I talked to them and they said, well, yeah, we, we would like to get involved uh, with this school, uh, with this college. And, um, you know, this could be a way for us to do that. And we can uh, do this under our name because we have the insurance. We have the um, uh, some of the expertise, but you can be the project manager and the contact for it. And, you know, I was kind of bringing the job to them. 
So long story short, we put together a proposal to do this small project. And after about two weeks, we heard back and, you know, they're all gung ho. Oh, we need this right away. We need it right away. Then two weeks goes by. I don't hear anything. Yeah, we're still looking at it. And then now some additional background. They gave me some sample drawings of this building that they were going to do some renovation in. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, this is done by another firm. And we met them. Uh, or we met the, the client representative, the, the, the person representing the college. And they said, yeah, th this other firm is doing the bigger project, this larger ref refinishing of this whole building. And we just need you to do this little part of it. And, you know, it was like, okay, well, I got to come in and, and measure this and, you know, document this. But I'm like, this form, this other firm's already done this. So I'm scratching my head at the beginning going, why are they even talking to me? Right. Hmm. It, it seemed very fishy. And I talked to the architect from the other firm and he says, yeah, this sounds very strange, but okay, let's, let's submit a proposal. So we did. So two weeks goes by. I get an email from him. Oh, thank you very much for your proposal, but we've decided to go with somebody else. And I'm looking around like, what do you mean you've decided to go with somebody? You never even told me that this was, you were bidding this out to anybody. Uh -huh. They never even admitted that they did. And so I'm, I, I'm just like, okay, what the heck is going on here? You know, it's like, were they trying to use us as leverage against this other firm to do this work for maybe a cheaper price? I don't mm -hmm. know. I, that could have been, but they didn't tell us. They just said, oh, yeah, we're not happy with them or something. They said that early on. Okay. So I guess they weren't happy with me either. <laughs> so a month, a month goes by. I get an email from him last week. Oh, apparently. And we told them very early on as the, as I consulted with the other firm and a represent or somebody from their office came out. Uh, he said, you know, this is likely going to have to go through DSA. You're not going to be able to do what you want. Oh no, no, we, we can, we, we, we can do this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we get an email back from him. Oh, we'd like you to resubmit your proposal and add uh, some structural and some fire life safety, you know, stuff to <laughs> yeah. the project. And yeah, we're going to go through DSA on this. And yeah, we understand it's going to take a little longer. And so a little longer. And so I'm like, okay, but you said you wanted to move into this space, a temporary space. That's not going to change. In, yeah. in May. So I said, has the scope changed? And I get an email back. No, scope is still the same. We just, we're going to, and we understand we're going to work off of some existing drawings while we wait for DSA approval. Yeah. So I have a conversation with the other architect, um, the one I was consulting with, and we've both decided that we're tired of being played. And, and we both, we made the decision actually this morning. We're like, no, I, I emailed the client today and said, I'm sorry, but uh, we're we're not going to submit a proposal for this project at this time. Yeah. Thank you very much. We 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 do appreciate you contacting us again, um, but we decided to walk away. And so that I mean, it's a long-winded story here, but I mean, it's pointing out what you just said. It's I'm defining my own reputation at this yeah, point. Exactly. Well, you get to decide how your story is going to be told from here on out, right? And right. and if you if you want that developer to continue to take advantage of maybe you, but probably not, maybe other people, if you decide to do a favor for them or, or work for, you know, do the changes for free or whatever, then then that that's basically paying it forward, right? I mean, whoever they deal with next, they're going to have the same expectation of. Right, right. And and that doesn't help anybody in the industry. It doesn't help the it doesn't help our industry get better, get stronger. And that's a lot of the reasons why we are where we are, right? And, and and we're not the only industry suffering from that. But if with the competitiveness of the low bidder mentality, the race to the bottom, you know, it, it's like there's the only way, to, the only place that that actually leads to is bankruptcy, right? It doesn't lead to winners at all. So um, I, I feel like too many people are too willing to jump into that or have been in the past. And that's right. why a lot of firms went under during this recession. 
Well, yeah, and I, and I think what you know what you're saying, Evan, is is a, is a problem that we've caused with ourselves because you're right. Too many people are willing to kind of just undercut themselves and kind of take the abuse because they're just looking for a job. Well, under the guise yeah. of staying busy, right? Right. But right. losing exactly. money at the same time. Exactly. You know, and so going back to your first example, Neil, I mean, do do you want to have a job just to have the job? You've already seen kind of what this guy's going to do. You know, he's late in payment or he makes up excuses on why he's not going to pay you. You know, he keeps pushing the scope, you know, he's scope creep, scope creep, scope creep, you know. And so you're, you know, about this, that. Yeah. So you're at this point where, you know, you've, you know, he's what little he was actually going to pay you. He's, you know, you've spent that, you know, 10 times over. Well, and he knows that it's in his best interest to find out if you're willing to bend over backwards for him or not. Right. 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 It, it, it doesn't hurt to ask is, is the excuse. Right. Well, you're you're right. It doesn't. And, you know, I've been having to get a new washer and dryer this week um, or over the last week and a half. Been Bringing it back, back to forth. reality. Bringing That's it back to reality. <laughs> and, you know, but but I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's human nature Maybe it's not. I don't know. You guys tell me. But, you know, everybody always wants to get the best deal they can. And and in trying to negotiate with GE on these washer and dryer prices, because part of this is kind of a pseudo warranty thing, not really a warranty, but they're giving me a price bake because something failed. But even though it's out of warranty, anyway, long story. But you, you, I'm working it as hard as I can to get every dollar off this washer and dryer. So why should I expect my clients not to do the same thing? Yeah, I and guess. they can ask, but, and you can you can decline, right? right. I mean, a, te- a, a great negotiating tactic is three word, th- four words. Can you can you do better? <laughs> right? It never hurts to ask. Can you do better? But but you also have the ability to say, you know, this is it. This is my limit. Right. 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 And I think uh, I think that that's that's a fine response. I don't know why. And, you know, I think Mark LePage is screaming at the podcast right now as he listens to it because because his thing is profit first, then art. Right. You you yeah. have to be thinking about making money on a project or else you will not be doing projects right. or at, at all. Exactly. Well, it, and you're right. And. You know, from the beginning of the year, I've restructured. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast recently. I mean, I've restructured my contracts, restructured my fee structure. Um, that sounded horrible, but apologize. Um, anyway, you know, and and it's been successful. I'm I'm excited because I've completed one or two projects recently. It feels good it to make money. It feels right? good, and yeah. I've made money. Well. Yeah. And I'm just, and it's not like I made money enough to retire. I'm, I'm not retiring on this, but what it it's feel- amazing the psychological impact that that has on people. It it's so great to feel like yeah, I'm I'm really excited to in fact run into this client while I was out of town a week a week ago. I literally ran into their family, and like a car accident. No, <laughs> no, but sorry, bumped. bad joke. No, I mean, you know, I was recently out of town on a little short vacation with the family, and they, my clients, ended up being at the same place, wow. unbeknownst to both of us. I knew they were going on vacation. Yeah, right, stalker. But I had no idea. So, hi, I'm Neil. <laughs> I hope they didn't feel that way when I work for the NSA. When I when they saw me. Um, <laughs> Well, I was with my family, so at least I had some cover, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like that guy who's trying to get a date with a girl and walks around with a puppy. And but, You know what would have been even creepier? You know, they owed me final payment. So I could have said, yeah, guys, where's my final collect. payment? I'm here to collect. I want my $2. <laughs> Actually, the best thing about it was when I got back into town, they had sent me the check and it was in the mail and I had already had it. So You're like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Uh, so, but, <laughs> but it's, it's exciting to see your client, you know, because I do a lot of local work. So I run into the people I work with, uh, or work for, and, um, it's exciting to see them and know that I don't feel bad. 
you know, or it's like, you know what? I really don't want to talk to you because you shafted me so much (laughs) on this freaking project that I don't want to ever talk to you again. In fact, I don't even want to advertise myself as doing your project because you just pissed me off so bad. Yeah. Or, or I don't even want to work on it. Or, I, you know what? I'd rather go sit and watch a TV show tonight instead of working on your project because I'm not making any money at it. Well, then that goes back to, you know, the original question that you had is, you know, about this particular project, this particular, you know, um, client. I mean, right. you've, as, as Evan said, you've got all of the control here. I mean, this is your reputation this is what you as much as what they want out of the project is important it's as much what you want out of the project so you've got the control to either submit to this guy you know your fee proposal for the next step or to step on out yeah i I mean what this reminds me of is uh there's a great post on by Derek sivers you guys follow him at all online he no. was the guy who started uh, CD Baby, which was like the largest online um, kind of indie music seller before before iTunes. Um, that that's where all my band's music went through when we first were were releasing our stuff. He has this. If you go to sivers dot org slash hell yeah, is the the URL. We'll put it in show notes. And uh, he hit the title is no more yes. It's either hell yeah or no. And I feel like if you're really excited about, about a project, you, you just know it, right? And sometimes that means you're going to do it for less money. And sometimes it means you're going to do it for a lot of money and it's a no-brainer. But either way, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? right? And I feel like there are projects that you will do because you're so excited about it for very little money because you're getting way more out of it. The value you're getting out of it is worth more than the money you would charge. And so there are times when you will do things to get your foot in the door or to impress somebody or to work, just work with somebody. Um, right. So it's, and, and we all know this happens all the time, but yeah. I love, I love this blog post because if he is not saying hell yeah about something, then say no, because you want to spend your life doing the things that you're saying hell yeah about. And that's really kind of the gist of it. It's a great blog post. I recommend everybody reads it. But, but that you know, like you're saying, you're running into these people, and you're excited. You, you just you just want to talk to them, right? You, yeah. The project yeah. went well. Everybody did great. Maybe you know, there's those times when you meet with your client, and you just see this big grin show up on their face. I never thought of that, you know. And you're like, well, this is this is what I do, you know. And and it is exciting, and it is fun, and those are the time. Those are the things we want to spend our time doing. Um, and yeah, there's times when we're digging in and using more brain cells than we have and and things are tough but there's still we're getting things out of it and i feel like if we would concentrate on doing jobs that that we're super excited about then again psychologically the way that affects you is very successful for you and it leads to more success because if that client had a great experience working with you that is going to rub off onto the people that they mention you to, you know, and, and again, the way that your reputation gets around by word of mouth, uh, that's going to rub off on people and they're going to recommend you just because you were so great to work with or so fun to work with, or you did something amazing for them. Yeah. It's, it's a cool thing. Well, that that's a great, I, I haven't read that post, but, uh, I, I mean that what you're describing is exactly the way I want to feel, you know, I, I, I want to see when I get that email from him or a phone call from the client, like, yeah, hey, I'm excited to talk to you. What what can we do to make this project better? You know, and I don't have that fuzz. What I don't get that feeling. Yeah. You know, so well, how yeah, do I turn it into a hell yeah? I can tell right? that, too. I feel like that's a good a good kind of backboard, too, is ask somebody you trust. You know, with, with me, it's, it's my wife. Hey, what do you think about this? Right. She's like, no, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that that clear, honest feedback is like, yeah, you know what? You're right. But you get so caught up in the moment that you don't see it. And I feel like there's sometimes when you just have that gut feeling, but there's a lot of times when you kind of don't know. And it's it's easy enough just to ask somebody, hey, what, yeah. what's your take on this? And they can make it so clear so fast that that this excruciating decision that you've been agonizing over it's like, what have I been wasting my time on this for? You know, 
Right. And that's that my second example about the college. That that's kind of where we were today. It's like, you know what, I'm not gonna agonize, I'm not gonna stress. You just knew it. it. It's like I'm done with this. You've got this bad feeling. I mean it's not gonna go it's probably not gonna go away. Right. And and so, you know, maybe what the first example is, as you guys suggested, you know, uh, respond with a, another proposal or some sort of, you know, I'm not sure how it, I'll word it, but essentially, you know, as, as our, uh, oh gosh, Evan, the guy from mule design, Mike Montero. Yeah. Mike Montero. I was going to say, have you watched that? (laughs) Yes, I have (laughs) lately, (laughs) not lately, but maybe I will. Of course, if I do that, I may lose him as a client because there might be some bad words, uh, fly (laughs) from that. But, but I do feel that way. It's like, you know, yeah, you know, F you pay me and I'd be happy to do some more work for you. Well, yeah, and it's it, the the main meaning behind the message is my work is worth this money, right? Right. And, right. and again, you know, I, I can hear Mark saying now, the you know, you you are worth money. What you do services in exchange for money, that is the exchange, right? Right. And so, really, that's that's what his talk is all about. I do this for money. That is that is the transaction. Right. So. And that's that's the the foundation well, of this. And know, so if if you right. if you're the kind of person who says, I do it for the feelings, or I do it for the the smile I see that you have because you're so excited to work on this project, those don't pay the rent, right? And so really, it has to start with, with the money. Yeah. And Neil, I mean, yes, you've got to be fair. You've got to be fair to yourself. I mean, you've already done. In fact, you've done like three times what you've already been paid. So you're done. You know, well, now this is a new contract right. to do new services. So, yeah. so, so don't Evan, just... you, you, you said it so per, you, you said something about like, you know, that gut feeling here's, yeah. here's my gut feeling. My client has got the audacity. Now he's already paid me in full for this prior contract. I'm done. Yeah. I, he has paid me out. Okay. Final invoice paid done. He has the audacity in his email to say, do this and get me the updated drawings. Well, again, he's probably thinking, well, oh, it doesn't hurt to find out. Well, look, he's he's put, you know, I mean, he doesn't He's think, put me in a very strange position, I think. He's right? probably thinking to himself that, you know, your services are not done. You know, the dollar fifty that I've already paid you doesn't just stop at whatever it is it's you know there's now more demand on this project it's not finished you we had an understanding yeah you know well do you think that maybe thing, that's where he's is, coming is that, from is uh, oh, that I can almost to, guarantee that in he, his mind he hired me to get him uh through the planning department in the in the county and that hasn't been done yet so is regardless of in, what the contract says or how much he's paid me you know it's like you have you you haven't finished your job yet is and that even it, though it, that's probably exactly it, but even yeah. though he may be fully conscious of what you know what the terms of the contract are, he's going to just continue to push it till he gets exactly what he needs for essentially no additional cost yeah. and you know so you're you have to be the one to remind him, hey, this is above the scope of the contract that we both agreed upon. You either, we either renegotiate, you know, you just forget about renegotiating. You give him a new, you just give him a new um, contract to sign. With a definition of scope. Exactly. I remember when I was taking pro practice in school and it was uh, my my professor, Michael Filonis, he he would, he had this lecture one day and it was, it was all about additional services, right? Because you're in your contract, all your scope has already been defined. And, and so even if you, you're not billing for your final payment for a specific scope if it wasn't in the scope he just had this face and and in front of him on a desk he had a pile he he came to class with a pile of ad service forms right blank ones and so every time he'd say and then they'll say this and then you pick one of these up and you hold (laughs) it out in front of you and you hand it to him you know and then and he goes and then they'll say this 
later on in the project and he'll pick up another one and he'll stick it out there. And by the end of the class, you know, he had gone through 20 additional. He goes, these are all the things that you didn't charge for in the beginning that you have to get paid for in order to do because you don't work for free. And we never we don't do that. Right. We feel bad. We have this obligation, this mental obligation where where we don't feel like we're justified in charging for these things so well let, let me throw another hypothetical out there. okay or go well go ahead Neil. well I, I was gonna say so how off base would i be to respond to this email with basically um hey great you know that you have um you know some comments back from the planning department I'd be happy to take care of them for you. Here is an addendum to the contract for uh, and and uh, that I need you to sign, basically for hourly charges not to exceed a certain number of hours to complete the rest of this project. I don't even think about it as completing. I mean, honestly, I mean, no, it's, it's an additional contract. Uh-huh. Here's Read the scope. The exact- yeah. Yeah, read the exact wording of the scope that you sent him originally that you both agreed upon. And if you feel confident that everything that he's asking for now is above and beyond that contract, it's a new contract. Yeah, I would honestly I would just say, hey, thanks for thanks for wanting to continue to work with me on this new phase of work. Here's a contract for what what. Here's a contract for this scope. As soon as you sign it and get me this deposit, I'd be happy to get started on it. <laughs> I, would, I would go even a little bit firmer than that. It's just like, as you know, our pre, you know the previous scope of work contained X, Y, and Z, and did not contain any you know um, development for permit documentation. Um, since you've chosen to submit it for permit, here is my. Um, you know, here's my contract or here's my proposal for uh, preparing the permit documents um, and responding to any permit comments for, so that you can get a uh, building permit, something like that. I mean, but I mean, at least just say, look, you've used up your money. I mean, you've used up my work. I'm, I'm done. I want to, you know, I mean, because they're just you just got to remind him that. You did not plan on these drawings to go into permit. He chose to put them into permit, and they're not contract documents. They're not construction documents. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, they're not, and I wasn't anticipating. I was actually kind of surprised when he said he was submitting them to the planning department. Well, I mean, you know, it it was... it was a ballsy move on his part. He was he was trying to basically. In, 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 this is what I, I mean. I, I'm, I'm somewhat angry about it because <laughs> what he basically did was he he knew what he was getting out of you, and he took. I mean, this was all calculated. I, I mean, let, let's just call it what it is. This was this was all a calculated move on his part. He knew that all he got from you was some design documents. Yeah, if he's, especially comments. if he's in the industry, he knows exactly yeah, what he knows what is going on. And he submitted those design documents as construction documents for permit. Well, I'm sure he was hoping that, just to get an over the counter approval. Oh yeah, yeah, and he right. was hoping to get that. And, it didn't and then. Work. And he's like, oh, now I've got comments. Oh, now Neil has to go back and fix these. Well, but uh, fix what? You don't have to fix anything because you, you didn't, you never prepared a set of permit documents, or you would have included all of the other things that the permitting office is requiring. Right. Because you know, I mean, you've gone through this. You know exactly what they need, they required, and you didn't prepare those because that wasn't the contract. Nope, the contract was for design for him. You know, right? I, I told so. him, you know, you need to if you want to submit. I said, you know, we did talk originally about doing CDs for this, but he wanted to. You know, I said, well, let's let's do design. Let me do a design for you, and you can see if you now. In full disclosure, he did say, and early on, and I did tell him, you know, hey, you can take this design drawing. And show it to the planning department and say, hey, I'm planning on doing this. Is that okay? Well, you, know, you know, is I mean, that okay well, to do that? Safe. Yeah. 
But, you know, I mean, see, that, that's you know, my that. advice to him to say, you know, hey, you don't want to go any further with this. Uh, you don't want to incur any problems. Right. So check and make sure. But I didn't tell him to submit the plans, you know, or to submit them for that purpose. It was like, hey, use these as a conversation to have with the planning department, with the county to see yeah. if this is OK. Every project that I ever do, we always have during the design process, we have a sit down with the permitting office and the fire marshal and everybody else to find out, you know, if we're all on the same sheet of music when when it eventually does come into their office for review. <laughs> yeah. So there's no surprises. Right, so there's right. no surprises. Right. You know, I mean, that's not meaning that that's you just can go and take business, our yeah. A set of DD documents and say, hey, let's go build it. Surprise. <laughs> well, and, you, know? you know, he didn't submit it to the county building department. He submitted it to the planning department. So, you know, in his defense, he's looking for planning approval. But, Cormac, you're absolutely right. These are not even planning documents at this point, no, right? It's just it's a not, design. It's not even a site plan. It's, it's a floor plan that exists in a vacuum. In fact, one of the comments was, here's a Here's an aerial of your project, uh, of your your property. I'm circling this building. Is that the building you're talking about? Because I didn't even submit a site plan for this, right? I mean, I, I didn't need to. I just gave him a design for a floor plan for his approval because they wanted to change the inside a little bit, right? And I said, okay, yeah, that, that's all this contract is, is a design for the floor plan. Oh, I want to see what all the elevations are going to look like. And that did strike me as odd. I'm like, okay, we're going to we're going to put a sliding glass window in. Um, that's about the only, and oh, I think actually there was one other small window they were going to add. And I'm like, well, why do you even need to see elevations of that? I mean, this is down the hill a little bit because in your backyard. He was, because he was going to play. He did. He got as much information as he wanted out of you right. and as much information as you were willing to give him essentially for free. Yeah. Well, you just so that no. he could submit. You just yeah, you didn't say no. And he, he knew what he was. He knew what he was going to do. And by basically not really letting you know exactly what he was doing, he was getting all the information that he needed so he could submit it. And, uh, you know, go forward and hope that he got, as, as um, Evan said, as, you know, he was hoping to get, you know, a quick turnaround, a quick approval. Yeah. It didn't happen. He got some comments, and he's like, oh, well, now i got to make sure uh, Neil can make this work, which is that second contract. Yeah. yeah. Great. Good to know it works. Let's move <laughs> forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. God. Well, anyway, but thank you for the advice. Well, I think, and, uh, you and know, advice for everybody, right? I mean, that's yeah, why we're talking about it. But I think contracts overall are, are a thing that they don't even have to do with, with the architecture business. They could, they could be a lot of things. You know, I mean, I used to do a ton of freelance work and there would be things that clients would ask me to do. And I had, I had a stipulation in the contract. It was like, if if I need to make a change for you, then I need to notify you within 24 hours that it's going to cost more money or not, right? And I ended up doing some stuff that cost me a lot more time, so I billed the client. And they sent me back my contract with that part highlighted, basically saying, you're an idiot. I'm not going to pay you for this because you didn't tell me it was going to cost more. Nice. And And they were right. I couldn't fight that at all. You know, right. I wanted to get paid more money because I did more work. But I didn't let them know, you know, and I was young and I was stupid. And guess what? I won't make that mistake again. But it's the same thing here. It's like you just go back to them with with any contract and say, you know what? That wasn't in the scope. That wasn't covered. You didn't pay for that. So here you go. Here's an ad service or here's a new contract if that one's done or, or whatever it is. I, I There's so many things that this applies to, you know, going into business with family doing something for family you know we never oh, use yeah. contracts for that kind of thing and and we should just because if you don't you're gonna have a big old fight with your family <laughs> you know oh, and, I, and super uncomfortable i have a rule i don't yeah. work i don't work yeah. for family well i think a lot of people have I that don't. rule because it, so many people have been Fa burned family or friends because yeah. oftentimes the when when that has happened they're no longer friends at the end of the project 
<laughs> and I just I won't do it. Yeah. I always look at my family's projects and I'm saying, you do know what I do for a living, right? Yeah. I could have helped <laughs> make this better. <laughs> for free. <laughs> I, yeah, probably. <laughs> just ask. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I say that. You know, being somewhat serious, but, uh, you know, I mean, if somebody, if a family member needed some help, you know, of course, I'm here. This is what I do. Um, please ask my advice. I'd, I'd have, give it to you happily um, and help you any way I can. But there is that danger. You know, you just, you got to be really careful when there's money involved. Or, you know, if you are doing it pro bono and you're doing it for free, it's like, you know, sometimes they take advantage of you and well, you do more things, and then you start getting resentful. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. Well, one of the cool things I, th I think this was in, um, speaking of Mike Montero, I think this was in his book design as a job, which we've linked to previously, but we'll add it to the show notes again. But I, th I'm pretty sure this is where I read it when you're doing discounted work or free work, you know, pro bono, because, you know, we do, do that kind of thing all the time right mm -hmm. um or lots of architects do um you still invoice the client but you apply the discount to it so that they know the value of what you did for them and i i think that that's super important psychologically not only for them but for you too right that when you bill them and, and you say yep i'm going to do this for you for super cheap you know you're going to pay me a dollar or or i'm going to do this for 50 percent off you still bill them for the whole amount less the discount so that they can actually see what you did for them was worth a certain amount of money and that is a huge deal that not enough people do as well now i'm, I'm curious as if anybody's ever done that yeah um, right i'm just curious if they you know if 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 it's perceived as something, oh, that's, you know, in poor taste to, you know, show them all, you know. Of well, that was well, the first I can, I can give you an example of that. A few years ago, I had a project and it was, it was strictly an hourly project or hourly contract, which is the smartest thing I did because we spent almost a year and a half on and off through design uh, or almost two years on this project. And early on in the project, you know, I had a certain, um, hourly rate. It was early in 2009. I was just starting and, you know, thinking, Oh, well, I really deserve this hourly rate. And, um, it, I did deserve that. That's what I should have been charging. But over time, you know, the, the client in this case, you know, they, we just spent tons and tons of time in design and they were getting nervous with how much they were spending. And, so, in fact, they got so nervous that uh, they, there was a landscape architect working on the project and they were not giving these guys any break at all. And they basically were like, oh, we don't want to call them. We don't want to talk to them because they're, they're just costing us too much. Mm -hmm. And um, what I did was I stepped up and said, well, you know what? And I had already been doing this for some not not a long time, but I had already been giving them a discount on my fees but I just wasn't telling them. I was like backing off the hours, which is another rule. Don't do that, yeah. by the way, people. Jeez. This is the, here's an example of what you shouldn't do. Okay. I was actually showing less hours on my invoice so that I could give them a fee that I thought that they would be, uh, that they would be willing to pay uh, each month. I mean, the, there, there was sometimes I was doing a, a lot of work or, you know, 30, 40 hours a month on this project. It wasn't my only thing going, but you know, it was like, this was an ongoing thing. And so the, the hours started to rack up. And so, uh, I was cutting those hours to make the fee less and more what, uh, I figured they would be uh, willing to pay. And so anyway, um, when this convert, they had this conversation with me about the landscape architect. And I said, well, you know what I can do is, um, it, it is, is I, I'll, I'll give you a discount. You know, I'll cut my, my hourly rate down to help, you know, minimize the fee. I understand, you know, we're spending tons and tons of time on this and they were so excited by that. They were like, yeah, oh, that's great. Neil came out a hero because I was willing to do that. 
and I had already been doing it. So I kind of like saved my ass, right, yeah. by doing this and made myself look like a hero to them. Um, and they were very excited. And they, you know, we kept working on the project. Um, and so, you know, that's one way that I kind of, you know, uh, kind of indirectly, I, I came out okay on this one. But I, I definitely broke some rules there that I shouldn't have. And part of what made this a problem for me was that we hadn't done some work in a while. And then they suddenly had all this work. And I, and I did a, a, a number of hours in a very short period of time on this project. And I had to bill for it. And it was a, it was a lot of deliverables that I gave them. And I'm like, I can't just like, you know, say this is only 20 hours of work. When it was really like you know forty or eight, maybe it was like eighty hours of work, and I'm telling yeah, them it's what forty. What happens the next time they have somebody and say, "Hey, look at all this work. It's only going to take twenty hours, right?" Right, exactly. And so I'm like, um, I really need to bill them for forty or fifty hours. You know, I really can't say I did this in twenty, right? Because it was a bunch of stuff, and so that's when. It, it all kind of happened at the same time, and I was able to, you know, spin it and like, hey, I'll give you a discount, and then I could bill them for the full number of hours, get paid what I was going to bill them in the first place for, and then made it made myself out. The, but they see that the oh, actual effort yeah. Neil gave a discount, yeah, and they, and they got all this work for this discounted price. So uh, I, I saved myself there. But man, that was a that was a tough situation. I was I was. Uh, going into there. And so I don't, and so that's an example of, Hey, I sh what I should have been doing early on is saying, well, here's, it took me 80 hours this month or say it was 40 hours this month. Uh, I'm only going to bill you for 20, you know, effectively cutting my rate, but showing that. And I should have been showing that on my invoice and I wasn't. So that's what, you know, what you're recommending, Evan is show them that discount. Yeah. Well, it's just like working in a big firm and filling out your time card. And, you know, I don't know anybody who's guilty of this, but, uh, you know, people, mm. <laughs> people put present put company excluded 40 hours a week, no matter what. Right. Not and, anymore. And I mean, tons of people do this. Tons of people do this because they want their job to look profitable. They want it not to run out of hours. Um, but but we all know that, you know, again, you, you, you know, for some reason, people who are the people who are figuring out how much effort it's going to take to do a job can only go off this historical data. And if the right. historical data is all wrong, then what the hell are you writing down non-accurate historical data for? Exactly. It's crazy. But but that that is it's the exact same problem. Hey, can we pause for just a second here and somebody called 911 because Mark LePage has probably um, passed out by now. Discounts? What are you talking about? Discounts? Discounts? I think you're right, Cormac. I'd like to know if, if I'd like to know if people have actually done that too because it was the first time I'd heard that and when, when I heard it, I was like, well, duh. That's what we should do. Right, but it never occurred to me before that. So maybe, uh, maybe some I mean, people can call I mean, in our sense. our phone number and leave us a message about and what's ways that they've number? been successful doing that. Four one five four eight four eight four nine six. Right? Okay. Mark will be happy. Mark will be happy. I'm saying the number right in the middle of the podcast. So four. Say it again. All right. Ready? I know. Four one five four eight four eight four nine six. Call now. Call now. standing by. That's right. And call, because call and wake Neil up. <laughs> Wait a few hours. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, Neil, we were having this conversation on Twitter today um, about, you know, the valuation of our services and how are people... Going, I mean, you know, you you started off this whole topic and conversation with, you know, basically the the perception that non-architects have about architects and that they're just a necessary evil and they're not in without them ever knowing what it is that we bring to the table. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just going to be this perpetual cycle of, you know, us 
just scratching for whatever little bits and and pieces we can get of a project or of a of money to just kind of keep us going and I, I think even if we're doing you know Evan, you said it best. Even if we're doing pro bono work and or doing some discounted stuff, let them know exactly what we've done for them. And even if we're doing it for free or even if we're doing it for half price, sorry, Mark, I, 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 seriously, the ambulance is on its way. Um, you know, we should at least let them know what we've brought to the project, what we've... Well, what and we've you can't brought. blame them. You can't blame them because... The model that's been put in front is like these TV shows like Design on a Dime and Trading Spaces where – or, or you know, what's that, what's that big one? The, well, I mean, all the Super them. Home Makeover 3000. I mean it's like – it's miracle workers, right? Well, <laughs> in one <laughs> week, right? Let, Don't they do that show actually, in a week? No, no, no. Let, let, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean let's, let's look at just one of them. Um, the – the one where they basically they you know they like bombard somebody in a uh they're walking around like home depot or something and they come up and they're like hey can i follow you home and what are you doing and then they're like well we can make over your you know house and then they it's like poof the next day they come in with all of these drawings and stuff and say look what we're gonna do you know let's start swinging the hammer and demoing it and stuff they the irresponsibility of programs like this is that. called a reality show, Cormac. It's real. Well, I mean, the irresponsibility <laughs> of shows like that are, you know, they don't show what it takes to poof, have those drawings and poof, have that, you know, permit. Just like, you know, the guy Neil is trying to get, you know, some extra work out of Neil for absolutely free. It's you don't know what it takes to get it to that that point and so everybody's like oh well you know what do you mean you can't just show up the next day with you know um complete uh construction documents and a permit and everything else they do it on tv all the time and this happens in in big firms as well you have people writing contracts and scope who don't do the work and they have no idea what it takes either and they don't take the time to come over and ask the people who do the work hey what do you think and it's exactly the same thing. It's just happening in a different way. No, that you know, we, doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> we, we really, now we that's really, a reality we, show. <laughs> we really need to actually expand on that particular topic, you know, staffing of a project and, you know, realistic time frames and all that other stuff. Uh, save, a, save, know, save that one for that'll another be a, oh, yeah, yeah. Cormac show. Yeah, yeah exactly. that'll be Cormac's show. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds good. I think it would be a good point to wrap it up. All right. Well, then, in that case, if you have any questions or comments, please visit the website at arcuspeakpodcast.com. There you'll find links to our individual Twitter accounts and the Arcuspeak Podcast Facebook page. Uh, so you can also join in on this or any other conversation we've had. Um, and then, if you have an inspiring tale to share, Again. call the Arcuspeak Podcast line at 415-484-8496 and maybe we'll share it on the show and if you haven't done so already please leave us a review on itunes cool and if you uh if you have a minute go to the site and sign up to get the show notes delivered to your mailbox they show up the same day as the show goes out and uh there's the links that i talked about and that we talked about during the show are going to be in there it's definitely worth your time so check them out and that's it arcaspeakpodcast.com and on just about every page you can sign up for the show notes on the right hand side great well everyone stay subscribed and thanks for listening good night good night night guys I used to shy away from the stampede I'd hibernate hunker down in my heart at all up my fire gear and that craving came when you cross the lawn yeah, when you came along Triple dog dead me turn the sprinklers on barefoot in the driveway baby black
Wanted to 